Hello and welcome to the culture. My name is Anna. And I'm Mark. And Mark, today we are talking again about Scientology, but specifically we're covering the documentary Going Clear on HBO. You know, I really like the little concept we got going on here where we talk about it and then I get like some visuals and I kind of have some background knowledge going into it. Yeah. Um, I feel like it makes me, I'm, I'm the visual learner. I teach history. We're doing all the different learning styles. Well, I teach history, <laughs> so it's like, dude, give me the video. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I need. I need the yes. visuals to bring this forward. So I was super excited to watch this. Not a new doc, though. No, it's not new. Actually, I had seen it a while ago. You probably saw it the day it came out. Probably. I've, like I said, I've been in, interested in Scientology for probably like 10 years now. But um, yeah, I saw it a while ago. And, you know, this time taking notes on it felt a little, little long. It was a little long. Yeah. But to be fair, the one we watched before was way longer. I think the thing is, is that maybe because for me, this information is not as new. Maybe it felt like a little tedious. Yeah. I just got a little, I mean, just a little slow. Yeah. But the remnant one was, was that five hours? I think four it, hours, something like that. I think it's four hours. But you know, it is sneaky when you break them up into episodes. Yeah, it it definitely like helps you for sure because you get a mental break. You're like, yeah. oh, I can go to the bathroom. Yeah. I can do this thing. I I just sat. I just grinded through it. Oh, just dude, sat through into the whole I thing. I did not. <laughs> I did it in seconds. It, not that it wasn't good because it was good. Yeah, and it obviously gave us a lot to talk about. Right, enough that we wanted to cover this. But shout out to HBO, going clear. Yes, check it out if you haven't seen it. Yeah. So, um, it's also the last episode of the year. Hello. I know. Merry Christmas. Are you excited for Christmas? Excuse you. Be Happy more inclusive. everything. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't shout out the one holiday and then Well, my say, holiday is Christmas. What's your holiday? It's not yours. It is mine. You didn't do anything. <laughs> my middle name is Emmanuel. Okay. Mm. Mm. I did. Got it. <laughs> Uh, we also celebrate Christmas in my house, but if you don't shout out to whatever you celebrate. Yeah. Or shout out to the non-celebrators too. I Listen s- to this podcast. On dude, that it's day. gotta be so tough. Right. Why? To just not do anything. No, that sounds nice sometimes. No, 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 no. I feel like you would like that. I feel like you at least need to pick a team for the holidays. Like, Hey, I know we're not all team in. No holiday. I know we're not all <laughs> in on this, but we can't just be sitting around doing nothing. You know, I don't know. That sounds so sad. I feel like some people are really about that. Like, I feel like a lot of people, like, I love the holidays personally, but I feel like a lot of people hate the holidays. Well, I don't love them, as you know, but I also don't want to be like, you know. You're not the Grinch? I am to some people, <laughs> but I'm, I'm definitely not sitting at home, like, just not acting like anything's happening at this time. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you got to have a little, it's not, it's un, it's un-American. That much I can can tell you. Okay, here we go. That much I can tell you. Okay, so. But we're here. Yeah, last we are here. So this will probably be our last episode of the year. Um, You'll catch us in 2022. We're coming back? Duh. Duh. Of course we are. We're just getting started. Yeah. We're going to have to do like a big thing on our one year anniversary. Which is coming up. Yeah. January 18th. Yeah. Mark your dates, people. It's our first episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Had some pretty good listens so far. Yeah. Got an audience. Yeah. So hopefully we hit 10K by that time. That'd be fun. 10,000 listens. To everybody who stuck with us all year, we just want to say thank you. Yeah, you're the best. Okay, we're, we're dragging on. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Okay. I've gone full science. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. So do you remember the beginning of the film? I do. And I was very taken aback. Okay. Tell so me it, why. Because it starts with the auditing. Right. And it's not what I imagined it kind of is but kind of isn't Mm. so I think that I was feeling especially when we talked about this the first time I thought it was much more like what the rich people get Mm. in their auditing session where it's like Mm one-on-one with a therapist or not therapist with an auditor yeah but like that therapist style where you're like in a room at a desk right I was surprised to see that it was like a bingo hall yeah and everybody was just like out in public now I know there's a lot of noise, but like I think that, and I think that, and it, it I actually think that gets does more. happen more for 
the regular people, like the celebrity people get more one-on-one oh, for sure. sessions. And the, and the, the images that they, the video footage that they used at the beginning was very much like early on, like yeah. 70s, 80s yeah. type. Like you could tell by the fashion yeah. and stuff, but uh, just holding on to the, what did I say it was? Like the, the grips, the grip strength yes, test yes. things are the like thing that the vibrates. game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was right on about that. Yeah. And I think I was just like, really shocked at how many people when they were in it like it was it was booming in there yeah it sounded like you know like the floor of the stock market yeah and it it started out kind of creepy were you creeped Mm. out by the interest i like the way that they were asking the questions so i wrote down yeah well first of all i wrote there was ominous music i think that was part of it and then this is what they are stating while they're kind of showing scenes of the auditing session. We're going to find an incident in your life that you have an exact record of. Then by sending you through it at the time you happen, at the time it happened to you, we're going to reduce it and reduce the pain. Like that's the phrasing, the exact script that they say to you when you're like going through auditing. It's like, we're going to find a moment in your life that you can remember very clearly. And then like a, like a painful experience and like process that. And so then by processing that, we're going to like lessen the emotion with it. Do you need to get audited? <laughs> Listen. As you were going through it, were you like, oh man. No, but you know what? While I was watching it, it was kind of like interesting to me because I have been to traditional therapy many a time. And you're a psych teacher. Yeah. And my parents are both psychologists. And, you know, it's interesting because, like, one thing in, um, like, anxiety reduction techniques is this thing called desensitization, where basically, like, you get exposed to the thing that scares you again and again, and eventually your body's going to produce less and less of a response. And I've heard that before, too. And that's, like, what I essentially kind of took from that is what was happening, is if we just keep talking about it and talking about it and talking about it pretty soon it will just become a mundane thing right right and I think that's kind of similar but I don't truly in my opinion I don't think L. Ron Hubbard was this revolutionary I just think he was kind of a plagiarism you know I think he just plagiarized yeah well they painted him pretty hot at the beginning Oh, as like... As like the dude. As like a good guy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Well, as innovative or something. Yeah. So fast forward a couple minutes, they start going into like his background and stuff. And yes. I, you got to see the footage, which again, I'm putting a face and a voice to what he's done. Right. And, you know, going through how many books he's published. And that was true, um, Yeah, he, right? he holds the world record for the amount of books published. Which I can't see that to be true, but I guess it is. Over a thousand. That's crazy. Yeah. Because I've never heard of him. Well, but this is like 1940s. And I guess you're also counting like really small things. Yeah. I feel like he cheated. <laughs> to say you published a thousand books. But it's like, they're like little tiny. They're little, like pamphlets. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't count. Yeah. But yeah, so really just like boosting the the facade of this guy. Right. So I think he's so gross looking. His teeth. The teeth is rough, right? Speaking of the dentist. I, which I just oof. came from. <laughs> somebody needed to tell him stop chewing tobacco or whatever it was he was doing. It was distracting, right? His, his bottom yes. teeth were rotten. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> even, I pointed that out as I was watching. I'm like, gosh, his teeth are really distracting. Yeah. Be- and what I thought was so interesting is as you fast forward, you get John Travolta. Yeah. You get Tom Cruise. Right. You get, mm, what's his name? Mike Rinder? No, the other one. Which Miss, one? Miss Masigi? What's the the guy who's like running it? Not Render. Oh, David Miscavige. Miscavige. Mm-hmm. You get David Miscavige. Like these are all good looking dudes. Yeah. Like very put together suits and all of this. And Ella Rich get... was not a good looking dude. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Solid. It's not great. The highest I would rate him is a four out of ten. It's not great. <laughs> and so it's just funny how you yeah. see it transform, but also how much they realize that image. And they'll talk about this later, but how big of a thing image is. Yeah. And then you, you start with this guy and you're like, Ooh, yeah. you got you to face her radio, my friend. <laughs> yeah. I don't like his voice either. No. His voice creeps me out. And just, I think the way he talks also kind of creeped me out. Well, it's like kind of that like, you know, like the, 
what is that called? Like that, his it's like a style of talking, like back from back then. Mm. Definitely notice in his cadence, yeah, for sure, that yeah. he, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, and you know what else I found really interesting about him is that, uh, do you remember how it talked about how he was friends with this guy, Jack Parsons? Yes. Okay, and that guy, Jack Parsons, was involved in this thing called OTO, which is Ordo Templis Orientis, which we talked a little bit about before. Yeah, but I do think that after watching that, I understand how much more of a, of a role that that took. Yeah. Like how intense that was. That was a whole thing. Yeah. Well, that's that whole weird sex cult thing. Yes. Because I saw the dude and yes. I was like, oh my gosh, I've seen this dude before. The sex magic thing. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> some of the things that they wrote in there, I was just like, oh, that's insane. Yeah. I can't remember the quote exactly, but they were talking about what they believed in and what they were doing. Yeah. It was a lot. Well... No, yeah, they were talking about the the serpent and the virgin, and yes. she was gonna birth Satan's baby birth and the all Antichrist. of that. Yes, that's what it was. Yes, and he was like involved with this. Yeah, so strike, well, strike one. <laughs> yes, well, here's here's what's interesting to me. I didn't know so much about kind of LRH's like personal life until I saw this because it talks about his wife and stuff. Yeah, well, his first his first wife, um, which. Her name was Sarah. Um, I don't remember her name. I do remember the story because it was really uncomfortable. Yeah. So Sarah basically marries Hubbard. They moved to New Jersey in 1950. And this is who she, he told, you know, he, this, oh, so, okay. Okay. So he wrote Dianetics. Yes. In 1950. And Dianetics does a really good job. Like, it was very, um, it was actually very popular at the time. And kind of innovational. In innovational? I don't think that's a word. <laughs> Inspirational? It, no, it was innovative at the time. Like, yeah. I think, like, that's why it did so well. I mean, regardless of whether it was true or not, like, this was a new way of thinking, which is why it did so well. Right. So, um, you know, he, this is where he talks all about how you can kind of clear yourself of all these problems and the reactive mind and the analytical mind and using the e-meter and all that stuff. But I thought it was really interesting that he was kind of a fucking psycho. Kind of? Dude, <laughs> when you hear that he kidnaps his child. Oh, yeah. Well, and, wait, hold on. You're jumping ahead. I can't, I can't get over this. <laughs> no. So she marries him. Obviously, he's like kind of losing it. She's like, "Okay, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be with you anymore." And he said to her that he'd kill her before he was without her. Yes, before you, yeah. And she also said that he hit her with a forty-five. Yes, because she was smiling in her sleep. Yes, and because he, he assumed said she was thinking of somebody else. Correct. Okay. Now, can we can we do that? Can't do that. <laughs> no, we can't do that. We can't have that. No, that's cr that's absolutely. I just think it's funny how he has this whole thing about I'm going to make you this person who is without any issues. You have total cause, meaning you're totally in control over everything. Yet you're a volatile, abusive individual. Yeah, and I mean, I think that is like the part that's sort of left out of this early part of his life is he was not someone who should be giving anyone advice. No, no. And it only is going to get worse as he gets more powerful. Yeah. And so then say the thing about the kid. Okay. So he kidnapped. So they have a child. Yeah. She, I think threatens to leave. Yeah. Doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Again, not super shocking. She mm -hmm. stays. They have a kid. He takes the kid. Yeah. And bails. To, like, South America. Yeah, out of the country. Yeah. And then you hear about, like, the treatment of this kid while... He left her. While he left her. And it's not like he's becoming dad of the year. No. While he's down there. He leaves them to two people who are not equipped to take care of a child. Right. They said they were, like, mentally delayed. Right. And they're, you know, didn't they say at one point their kid was in, like, a cage? I think they said a chicken coop or something yes, like that. Yes, something crazy like that. Yeah. 
but you just took the kid. Yeah. And, and then he told his wife, I killed her. She's dead or whatever. He up said, I chopped her up <laughs> into pieces and I threw her I'm in not the laughing river. Cause that's funny. That's so bad. It's outrageous. And then he comes back and says, Oh no, I didn't do that. Oh. And it goes, and he says, and then and the narration says he goes, it goes back and forth like that. So legit, what a psycho. The mom doesn't know. Like, how do you even know what to believe? Like, it goes I back and forth every other day. Well, you took the I mean, kid he and went smacked her in the face with a gun for smiling. Right, and you took the kid to a different country. Who knows what's happening? It's so, it's such a yeah. I, it, this is a movie. This character isn't real, but yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just ironic that he's like, I can help you find your trauma, observe what happened, and then I can remove that power of that trauma over you. It's like, mm, bro. I know. So, But he brings the kid back. Yeah, and then she dips. She's like, bye. Yeah. Don't talk to me forever. You know what I do wish this documentary covered a little bit more of, though, was like they didn't go into great depth with his later wife, Mary Sue Hubbard who would end up getting arrested and put into jail for like 10 years because she was going off on the IRS, freaking stealing things, assaulting people. Like yeah, they definitely left Rough and out. tumble, like 70s Scientology were like no joke. Like they would F you up if you were like, if you were outspoken against them in any way. And that was the fair play time fair game or fair yeah fair game right yes fair play i think is paying women <laughs> athletes the same as male athletes. not the same thing gender equality yeah yeah not talking about that um yeah so anyways let's get back to though kind of what people were saying about um what scientology was like way back then well what i did like i liked that we had testimonials Yes. Throughout the whole thing. Yes. I love the old lady that they start with. I'm forgetting her name. But she was so excited to sign the billion-year contract. Hannah Whitfield. She, like, has an accent? Yes. Yes. So billion-year contract yeah. to join the Sea Org. Yeah. And she was so excited to do that. I loved getting into that a little bit, and I kind of wish they would have did a little bit more. Yeah. Because this, to me, it's sort of an offshoot. Mm -hmm. Like, Scientology and the Sea Org are not, like, technically the same thing. Right. Because it'd be really hard to do because you're you're so work motivated on the ship and you're doing other things. You know, right. you're not focused on the sort of boots on the ground Scientology movement. Right. Like there needs to be more, I think, even about that. Well, there's a lot. Like I said, there's a ton of resources out there and I can recommend more later. But um, honestly, like Leah Remini, though, she's very obviously biased in the sense that she has a very anti-Scientology stance because of her leaving it. She and Mike Rinder, who are both former members for a long time, they talk about every topic you could think of. And Rinder is in the documentary. Yes, Mike Rinder is. And Leah has her podcast going now. Yes. Right? Um, it's called Fair Game. She was still in it when... Why, I wonder why they didn't have her um, be a part really of it. I don't really know why she wasn't in it. She might have been trying to not, like, make a fuss at that time. It's true, especially if you were fresh out you and know. you didn't know what they were capable of. Yeah. But, yeah, I liked her. I liked um, her talking about how just excited she was. It, yeah. And I always loved Hannah. Hannah. I loved mm -hmm. to get the perspective when they were in it as to how they felt. Right. Like, there's towards the end, there's this idea, and he says, well, if the, you know, what's crazy is if the FBI would have came in and they would have said, hey, we're here to get you out of here, they would have said, we chose to be here. Right. Like that kind of mentality that while you're in it, you actually don't think anything is weird, is wrong, is right. off. Like you are all in. But I think that, that it's interesting, like because I think that kind of is the same kind of way with any kind of abusive relationship. It's like oftentimes people will stay and when asked – do you want to leave? They say no, because that's kind of all they know. Yeah. And it becomes the new normal. Yeah. But in your, you also, I think, fear being outside of the group. 100%. Versus being in it. Like, especially in this group, which is the genius thing that they did, and they do get into this later, the idea of disconnecting. Yeah. Like, 
you don't, and they, a couple people mentioned it. The only, you know, I, I knew a couple of people outside the religion. Like, yeah, because, so because you are forced to remove those people right. as distractions. Well, then you can't hear anything contrary. Right. And so everything just because right. does become normal. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that guy, Jason, do you remember him? He kind of, he was in the confessionals. He was one of the first guys that was talking. Yeah. He kind of seems like a little off. Yeah. Like he seems like he maybe had did drugs at some point in his life. Is he an actor? Yeah, I don't know who he is. Jason mm. something. Yeah. But he said that, like, he was really into it and that, like, after coming out of an auditing session, you kind of feel, like, euphoric, almost like like a Christian feels going to confession, like, mm-hmm. like you know, you kind of un Or just a really good therapy, a good therapy yeah. session. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I can see how that high would make you want to do it again. Right, right. And so, and you know what else... I think it was Hannah who said it too. She was talking about how they're all sitting on the boat. This is early on in Scientology. And L. Ron Hubbard is like pointing at the sky and he's like pointing out galaxies. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm following. And then they're like, and and then he's talking to us about, and this is where the fifth invaders came in. I'm like, what the, what the yes. hell are they talking about? He's basically giving an oral history of existence yeah and space according to scientology yes and they were just all mesmerized by him and it was it was kind of funny because i did think about like you know i've been at church camp you know it's real spiritual when you're looking up at the sky and somebody's telling you a story like like i feel that to an extent like i can feel how they probably felt like wow i'm in the presence of this person especially when that's like it's kind of like you're like Pope. It is the. I mean, he is the guy. It's yeah. Pope, King, President. It's even more though one. than the Pope because he's the founder. Yeah, I guess it's more akin to Jesus. No, really, it is. And you know, you have people out on a boat. You're right. You're semi disoriented, and you're sleep deprived. You're food deprived. You have yeah. all of these things going on, and this guy's saying this. Right. And you're like, well, maybe, maybe that, maybe that is it. Right. And you're also kind of getting an insight into things that you're not technically supposed to know, right? There are higher right. levels before right. they start revealing some of these things. And he's like, yeah, third invasion, fifth dimension, these people came here. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's such a good nugget. Like I would yeah. have never known that. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's just spitballing at the top of his Well, he was dome. a science fiction author. Like I yeah. legit think he was just making stuff up. Yeah. And I think if, I mean, you probably could trace some of these stories back to his books. You can. That he wrote. You can. It would make total sense. So, you know, LRH, let's talk about the Sea Org. So the Sea Org, I, I, I truly, you know how like, you know how like sometimes, sometimes like, care, <laughs> you're going to get mad at me. Careful. You're going to get mad at me here. <laughs> sometimes, like, I feel like a man in particular. Okay. <laughs> Mario upset, pre-triggered, well, <laughs> pre-triggered. Sometimes, like, do stuff to like act out something that they're not. Hey, tell me more about how men act <laughs> as a female. Please. Okay, let me I'm know. just saying, like, like you know, like we even have a friend. We have a we have a former your former coworker who loves to <laughs> dress up and act as though they're from the West. Yes, and then the Civil War and all that stuff, right? Sure. I feel like LRH with the Sea Org was just him acting out like I'm a Navy commander. Oh, which BT Dub. Let's go back to the, all the things that he said he did in the Navy. Oh, uh-huh. and uh, none of it was true. <laughs> this is the problem when you make up a folklore backstory. Right. People keep very good records, especially of, in modern times. Yeah, especially you can't like, do that. People write stuff down when they're yeah. like. He, I love when he said no, it like no physical issues. <laughs> like when he said all the things that yeah, he Yeah, he said that he basically, Dianetics helped him like heal himself. Yeah, and that he was just, what did he say? He accidentally bombed like an island that was owned by somebody else. Yeah, he was like, was that in World War II? I don't, I don't know when it was. When I he think took it control. was, but he was, he was a submarine, um, he was a submarine like commander and like basically was just like 
popping off in that submarine. Yeah, just like n- not doing what he was supposed to be doing at all. No. And there's like, he was relieved of his duties <laughs> as commander. Yeah. But I think you're right. He wants to play captain. Yeah. He just wants to be like, I'm the captain of the ship. Yeah. Like he has his little hat. He's got his dress up. Like he's just acting this whole little fantasy out. And is the picture that they use a lot of times when they show him is the captain hat picture. Yeah. yeah. With the nasty teeth. Yes. <laughs> so um, now here's what I found interesting. So LRH, they had three ships. And um, he was, you know, kind of being cagey at this time because the authorities were after him because they were evading taxes. Yeah. And so he and so he bounced to the Yeah, ocean. he would just be like, oh, bye. Yeah. And he snuck off. He and snuck off. Hanging out in the Mediterranean. Yes. And so there was this there was this um reporter kind of asking him questions, like, what are you doing, basically? And he was like, Oh, I'm studying ancient civilizations. Okay. And then Hannah was saying how the reason why he was doing this is because he said that in his past lives, he was like a Venetian prince. Yes. And he was this Italian guy in his like former life and and he, they were on a treasure hunt. Like, they were looking for Well, he said, treasure. right, he buried treasure in his past life. And yeah. they were going to go find it. Like, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's just like, let's go, like, on this an is, adventure, this is guys. Pe- it's Peter Pan. <laughs> yes. It's literally Peter Pan. With really bad teeth. I yes. just can't get over the teeth. But, oh, and this is where I got that information from. Because I remember I told you in the episode, they would throw people off board oh yeah the ship yeah. and they were very now they didn't go into detail if they brought them back on but there's a drop of 30 I think they definitely would 30 35 feet is what hannah said yeah and this was just something that was a very well-known practice like what walk you're the walking plank. the plank dude <laughs> this is it is it. Peter Brown. it is so then it's the 1970s and the mediterranean italy greece they're like GTFO. Yeah. You can't be here. <laughs> we don't want you here. And so Hubbard goes back to the United States and he sneaks ashore in Florida to basically avoid the feds. Freaking Florida. Of course it's Florida. Of course. Like it couldn't be. It's not happening know. anywhere else. Yeah. It has to be Florida. And then he lives the rest of his life, right? Like in, in hiding. hiding. Yeah. It's such a terrible end. And then he dies of a stroke. Yeah. And the way they announce his death, I almost oh. lost it. Oh, David Miscavige. Yeah, so Miscavige. Also, all every you guys have to watch this because just every single like event they have is so the Oscars. weird. It's the Oscars. I hate it, but it's like the Oscars with like with like the Beijing like Olympics like in the beginning yes. with the flag turning yes. and all that weird stuff. I'm like, what and is happening? A lot of pyro. Yes. Yeah. So Miscavige comes up and says. We have entered into the next phase of research. Yes. Of LR- the OT levels. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Of LRH. Is, he's still going. But you know what? In order to get to the next level, he had to shed his body to get yeah. there. Like, he, this, he, this is an active thing. Yeah. And he goes around this, like, two-minute thing, and then he finally says that he's no longer with us. But don't... What do they say? Don't be sad. Don't be sad. They're like... He's not Don't sad. have grief. Yeah. He, he has no grief. Don't yeah. have grief. He's, he's working. Yeah. Literally, hey, I'm going on a work trip, but this body's on the way. Okay, bye. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and the thing is, is like, you know, ex-members of Scientology say that that's how it is. Like, if somebody dies, you're not allowed to grieve. It's like, okay, who cares? It's so weird because you, number one, I feel like if I was starting a group, mm-hmm. I would be planning for this. Because you have to have something that makes sense as you leave. It isn't. I mean, it's not, you, the, it's not the worst explanation. It's not the worst. But if you are saying that you are, you can remove illness and you can be better right. and you can do all these things. Right. But they didn't, they didn't tell their followers that he died of stroke. No. I mean, well, he voluntarily. He just, he, unzipped, he was like, you know he what? He unzipped his skin suit <laughs> and he's now doing something that else. Should be in, that, should, that should be in a sci-fi. Do you remember sci-fi. that in Men in Black? Uh, yes. Yes. That's what happened. That's what he's basically doing. And and they salute him. Yeah. And then they all cheer. A little Nazi-esque, yeah. A, a smidgy Nazi-esque because you have his painting right there. Yeah. And is that how cringy is it when Tom Cruise salutes? 
how cringy is Tom Cruise in general, dude? <laughs> I used to love whole, Tom Cruise. No. Ever since I found out about this, I probably ever since I watched this documentary, I was like, uh, peace on Tom Cruise. Like, no. The interview with the turtleneck, I have to go dude, back and watch the whole thing. Dude, the one where he jumps on the couch oh, I know. with is that Matt Lauer. I, I swear to God that was Matt Lauer. There's one where he's going flipping out because his friend Brooke Shields is taking antidepressants mm. and they're very anti right. psychiatry. So he's like, ah, like going ballistic, but yeah. Um, let's talk about the celebrities. So John Travolta, Johnny kind of sad, honestly, like the way they present John Travolta being in this, because it sounds like, sounds like John Travolta entered at a time in his life where he was kind of not doing great. No, he wasn't. And when you watch the interview, because they play an early interview, mm -hmm. he's got like this army uniform on, must have been for a show or movie yeah. or something. And you listen to what he, the reasons why he got in, I'm like, yeah, I could totally get behind that. We want a world of no hate. We want a world of no, of no violence. We want all of these things. Yeah. He's not getting things. And then all of a sudden he gets all these roles. Welcome back, Cotter. Yeah. Which is like the role for him. I mean, you get the Band-Aid commercial and you get a couple of other things, but this show is huge. See, I, I, I'm too young. Okay, yeah, I'm too young too, but I know my history. You're a little old. No, <laughs> yeah, but it's a, it's a big deal for him. Recurring yeah. role, the yeah. whole thing. He's one of the big guys on yeah. there. And you easily, Scientology's like, great. Yes. We can chalk this up to us. Right, right. Now, but it's just sad because it seems like because he was friends with that woman, Spanky Taylor. Yeah. Which also, Spanky? Ch change the name? Yeah. <laughs> change the name? Were you? What's your real name? <laughs> Spanky. But it's, I liked, I, I think there's a very big difference in the way that Cruz and Travolta oh, go about 100%. this. Because Cruz is very, well, but I think that. They did it to Cruz, I think, a little bit. Uh, but I feel like Cruz, uh, okay, in my personal opinion, I feel like he's more of a narcissist than Travolta. And Absolutely. so he's just like, hell yeah, bring it on. I, I love I, it. I honestly don't see an issue with Travolta in it. No. I think that he really cared for Spanky. Yeah. I think that they were friends. Yeah. I do think that he probably should have responded differently in the doc after Spanky tells him what's happening. Yeah, but. And he doesn't. But you have to remember, they I know, have you're all too those deep. files I know, you're on too, you. You're too deep. And, and they're pulling stuff out of you that probably isn't even true because they, they dig at you. It's almost yeah. like. Well, for it to be over, all you have to do is just exactly, say something. Exactly, just say something. Yeah. And they record all this stuff, so right. there's blackmail. Right. It's like, yeah, so there's Travolta. Um, then Mr. Tom Cruise. Now, Mr. He, Tommy Boy. Hey, he's an award winner. <laughs> he got that huge medal. <laughs> okay. I just really cannot with Tom Cruise. First of all, gotta say, Tom Cruise is like what, five six? Five six. Yeah. He is He's the shortest. Tiny. Yeah. Um now it kind of starts where he's like young and he joined it. It didn't really say how he joined though. No. There wasn't a big backstory about it. So but the where they where they really pick up on is where he starts dating Nicole Kidman. And the church is kind of freaking out because Nicole Kidman's dad is like a renowned psychologist in Australia. Which I don't, I don't, I must be missing something. Because they're anti-psychology, like I know, all but it's your it. dad, so who cares? It, yeah, but they call this a PTS, a potential, a potential trouble source. For sure, but if we wanted to go through and look at all of the members and what their parents did... Yeah, but but he's Tom Cruise. It has to be it. Yeah, he's Tom Cruise. Days of Thunder, Tom Cruise. Ugh. Which you're also too old for that reference. Yeah, I don't know. And what I'm that is. a smidgy too old for that reference. So, Tom Cruise couldn't have been hotter, by the way. After Days of Thunder and Top Gun, he is the biggest celebrity. Yeah. So he and Nicole Kidman fall in love, and during that time, he kind of pulls away. Eyes wide shut. From. Um, Scientology. Scientology. So David Miscavige, his little other shorty best friend, freaking psycho. Little henchman. Yeah. He, he's like, we need him back. Yeah. Like stat. So he sends these two guys, um, one Marty Rathbun, to go basically get Nicole away. Yeah. To break them up. 
And so this is what's crazy. All these confidential records of what, what Tom Cruise is saying in his audience sessions, every single thing is being reported to David Miscavige. And videoed. Yeah. Both sides. And they wiretapped Nicole Kidman. Which is crazy. Like, that's insane. Now, after they break up, they try to turn Nicole Kidman's kids against her. Right. They do. Yeah. I mean, they try and get her to, like, basically report that she's a bad mom. Yeah. They try to do all a bunch of stuff. So then, whatever. They're, they're done. Then I loved the 42nd birthday party. Who is that singer? I don't know, but it's fantastic to watch. It's so cringy. It's like, oh my God, this gets is on the, the most like pandering thing ever. You know what Tom Cruise looks like to me? Tom Cruise looks like Michael Scott from The Office getting the attention he wants. It is true. As I was watching that, I'm like, oh, this is this is the Booze Cruise episode. <laughs> it's so cringy. And like, he wants to sing karaoke. Yes. Oh, so then, so then, you know, it says that Tom Cruise, you know, he's like mad. I'm mad because I don't have a girlfriend. And so David Miscavige is like, figure it out. Let's figure it out. Say less. I got one. Yeah, literally. So this girl named Nazanin Boniati. Who I've never heard of her as an actress. I didn't watch. No, but I'd seen her face before. I didn't watch Homeland. Oh, I did. Yeah. She's pretty. Super pretty. Yeah. So anyways, this, this Nazanin, she was like this Italian Scientologist girl. She was like young. Really young. Like, like she in looked school. Like, like what? In her early, early 20s? Early 20s. Probably yeah. 21. He's 42. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they take her to LA. And then it basically like fast forwards and says, okay, now she's living with him. Yeah. I'm like, yo. Yeah. But what they didn't say is that they made her break up with her boyfriend they bought her $20,000 of new clothes at like these designer places to basically outfit her for her new job. Um, she's just pretty woman the whole thing right now. Yeah. They took her braces off. Oh. And then they're like, okay. You're ready. Tom will see you now. Go be with Tommy. Yeah, Tom will see you now. Yeah. Um, and then one day David Miscavige comes and visits them and he's trying to talk to them and she has a migraine and I can relate. Having a migraine is the worst thing in the world. You are a migraine person. I, I have seen you. I is peak, not good. Peak migraine. Bruh. I know to stay out of your way. <laughs> and so she's not understanding him because she's like yeah. out of it. Well, he, no, he, he just yells. <laughs> so here's how you understand. And I'm going to be louder. <laughs> and they break up. Yeah. Because well, she. he blows up on her. Yeah. He slams his hand on yeah. the table. All kinds of craziness. And then. Miscavige, and she was living with Miscavige him. basically says, you're no longer the girlfriend. needed here. Yeah. Now, I really wish they need to do part two on this. Where's her just tell do all? on Tom Cruise. I want to know Katie Holmes. Tell you, all. I think there's a lot of NDAs Because going on. I heard. Oh, there are. 100% there are. Katie Holmes. Did you ever hear about this? How when she was having birth, they were told her she couldn't make a sound? Not true. I swear to God. Too much. Too far. Yeah, they said you cannot make a sound. That would be a great book. Brah, she needs to. Um, so. How did you feel about the two-minute Scientology video? Oh, oh my God. It's so the good. The la da one. It's so good. Oh, we're on top of the world, la di la like, It's good. <laughs> and they're, them all, like, singing is literally like the office again. I swear to God. I'm like, do these people, they're so not self-aware because they're so insulated that like, this is so cringy. It's only Scientologists like this. It is cringy. It's the closest <laughs> they have to worship though. La de la. Yeah. Ooh. It was rough. It was real I just, rough. I'm, I'm, I'm just going through all the media stuff. So they do that one, right? Which is insane. <laughs> and then do you remember when they presented Tom with his medal and they did like this like, montage yes. of like him oh and it's like the tom cruise scientology video it's and like he's, mission impossible yes and it literally i think in the background is the theme yeah. and i'm like oh my gosh we can't have this and then he gets his medal and then he salutes they're like 
Tom Cruise introduced Scientology technology to, to one, one billion, billion people. <laughs> and like, it's I don't like think that's how that works. The cheesiest like font and yes. everything. Like it's just the most. Oh, yeah, it's their just media the team most. be popping. Dude, they have a whole production company called yeah. Golden Era Productions. It's rough. Um. So yeah. So that's really kind of the most they talk about the celebrities. Now, this is something we need to talk about is their creation story because we only a little bit touched upon it in our previous episodes, but this one really broke it down for me and I finally was like, oh, okay, I get it. Did you get to level eight, bro? Yeah, so remember everybody, there's the bridge, right? So you have to take all of these classes. Which I did love. They do go into detail and show that same image that you showed me the first time of how complicated the system is. Yeah, and, and how, you're paying... And- yeah, and they do go into this idea too, which I was really happy where they're like, this is a very expensive. Yeah, you got to pay to play. Yeah, and you get to a certain level, my, the reactions were the best. So it's OT3 when they get the secret materials. And they actually showed some of them. Yeah. Like you couldn't, obviously they did like, you know, camera issues and stuff, so you couldn't read the whole thing all at once, but they were, you know, these are these are handwritten right. by LRH. right. And they sort of pick out some of these lines and they're highlighting them. And I'm like frantically trying to read everything that's not in focus <laughs> yeah. as they're showing me these sections. So remember, they said like, you can't tell, these are confidential. You can't tell anybody these because if these get out, they can harm people that aren't prepared. Now, do you, I was, I was, as I was watching this, I'm like, dude, such a smart move because I also know how much money I've invested. Right. I'm not sharing this with anybody else because you are the prime person to join this is it i'm like dude screw off man i've been doing this auditing for eight years you want the good stuff you put the time in right and i feel like i feel like it kind of feeds that superiority thing like for sure and plus you also know that this hasn't happened to everybody so it's pretty easy to trace a leak right okay so and the the story just makes so much sense (laughs) so let's get into this really sensible story so hubbard said that the earth was created 75 million years ago and 75 million years ago um these people living on this other planet which i didn't get the name of lived like basically 1950s america yes they're driving those big cars they're things are great yeah except for except for their there's overpopulation. Too many people. Overpopulation. Right. You teach AP Hug. You, you know about Listen, that. Listen, we got overpop problems. This so, is what I tell my kids we've done. <laughs> so Xenu was kind of like a Hitler. Like he was. He was a world. He was, he was elected, but then became tyrannical. He was a world leader. Yes. He was the leader of this galactic confederacy, but he became tyrannical. And he was just like, you know what? Got to solve this overpopulation problem. So he would call people in for, for like tax, tax evasion. Yeah, for so tax great. evasions, which I'll is be hilarious. Right, I'll because, be right there. You know, you did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, he injected them with glycol, which froze them. Sounds very normal. Put them in boxes. Yep. Put them in airplanes. Flew them to this planet called Tijiak, which is what we call Earth, and then dropped them into volcanoes. This is where I'm like, what the hell's happening? But also the visuals that accompany this in the video are so fun. You have to watch the movie just for the creation story. So then, okay, we're not done. They set off hydrogen bombs at the top of the volcanoes. Yep. And these spirits, which we come to know are Thetans, float out of the volcanoes. I really just can't with this. Okay. They float out... (laughs) They're captured, I don't know by who, and they're forced to sit in front of movie screens. Yep. Okay, so they had movie screens 75 million years yep. ago. Okay. And they're shown images of all these different things, like they're shown electric shock therapy. They're shown Jesus Christ. Like, they're shown all these random things on this big, huge screen. And so then when a child is born... A Thetan will leap into that body. Or hundreds. Or thousands. Or thousands. <laughs> and basically, 
they're the source of all of our issues. And so if you do Scientology, you can get rid of these Thetans. I don't know what's so hard to understand. <laughs> that's, not, that's not the creation story that you know? <laughs> I mean, at least it ties in the idea of Thetans. Because I, I do wonder, like, until you're at OT3, you're like, where the hell did these things come from? Yeah, what am I removing? Yeah. Like, what are these? Yeah. But I think that before that, they kind of, like, just, like, phrase it in a different kind of way. Like, these are just energies or whatever. Like, they don't talk about it in the exact terms. Right. But there's a great transition moment as the guy is explaining the story. Uh-huh. And then he's reacting to this to this creation Paul story. Haggis? Yes. Yeah. And he's like, what in the actual F is going on right now? <laughs> yeah. We should have led with that. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, I'm all for this like self-help philosophical yes. stuff. And then you're telling me hydrogen bombs on volcanoes, like aliens in my body. Yeah, nothing screams more I'm a science fiction writer than that. Literally. And it's also not good science fiction. But here's what's crazy is that like, L. Ron Hubbard believed this because, and this actually was kind of sad to me. It said that Hubbard sent a letter to the Veterans Administration seeking mental health treatment, which is weird because he was so anti right. whatever. But like, he was like, I've got probs. I can't help myself. Like, can you help me? Never got the help he needed. Basically created Dianetics to help himself. And later though on his life it said that he became so paranoid that this strong thetan possessed his body and so he was trying to basically like have an exorcism kind of yeah that's what it almost like sounds like like an yeah. exorcism like these are demons that are living in you yes and this guy sarge foth was tasked to make a machine to get this big old body thetan out of lrh and he was like yeah you can just kill me too in the process. Like, you can just... What? They go, like, Nick Tesla, right? Yeah. He yeah. was like... Well, but LRH said, I want you to kill the, the body thing, and I want you to kill my body, too. Like, he basically was like, kill me. Yeah. But he didn't. And, um, yeah, I just... The story is rough. He, But the thing is, is that's so interesting, is, like, I think that he's so... L. Ron Hubbard was so narcissistic that he bought his own BS. It's so hard though, right? I mean, regardless of how you feel about religion mm -hmm. or different religions or different religions creation stories, if I'm even approaching this logically open mind, I'm up for anything. I want yeah. you to give me the you want you to give me 10 creation stories and I'll tell you which one I think is most likely to happen. Right. This doesn't even register. <laughs> like even my six-year-old would be like, that doesn't logically make any sense. <laughs> How are the hydrogen bombs yeah. not destroying? Yeah. And why are there movie theaters? How are How are the spirits captured and made to sit in front of a movie screen? And who's screen? having the babies now? I, Who else is I on this planet? I, yeah, I don't understand. But I, you, I mean, think about it. You're, you're what, 50, 100K invested, and then you finally see this. And no, then you're dude. like, oh, that's what they I'm say. Out. A lot of people are out I'm at out. that point. I'm done. I got to the top and guess what? The view is not great. <laughs> well, even the guy said he was like, is this an insanity test? Right. Like, was I, was this a, is this a trick? And I, I would logically be more likely to think that same thing. Oh. Like, ooh, this is a test. Yeah. Um, but I do want more of that though. But you can't. So what I've done is I've been, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a whole lot, but um, those were the main things that I thought were really interesting. Now, yeah, I mean, overall, like, what do you, like, good representation of it, bad representation of it? Because uh, you know more, obviously, than the I good representation of it. I don't think, like, they don't, and I think even the guy says it in it, one of the, um, I think it was Tony... Tony something they they say you know if you ask a Jewish man or a Christian or a Muslim and you ask them their faith you know the principles of their faith they can tell you in about two minutes yeah if you ask a Scientologist it'll take them seven years yeah and and I think that that's a thing that I get frustrated with about Scientology is that like I know about their actions but I don't actually understand their beliefs well and I think 
going off of that, they do eventually get tax exempt status yeah. as a religion. Right. Which that's a whole different discussion whether or not right. religion should have to do any of that. But if at the end of the day you get the status, right. you should be able to lay out the tenets of your religion. Or yeah, you should have to. That's that should be like a like almost like defending a thesis. And you should have to prove your worth to the society because like they don't they don't give charitably. They don't do anything. No, they just buy property and that's how they justify their public service. Yeah, it's so bizarre. I, I can see why you'd be frustrated, especially as a religious study, studies person. Like right. you you need those tangible things. Even if you don't agree with them, yeah. you, you need to be able to explain those things. But I think with Scientology, truly, like if I wanted to actually fully understand it, I would have to study this probably for the rest of my life because there's so much uh, minutia that like they have their own whole vocabulary. Like, like if you listen to them, if you listen to ex members, they say things all the time that you're like, what the hell does that mean? And they'll have to explain it because they're like, this is just Scientology lingo, like sec checks, SPs, this, that, like, like they just say all these things. Like I was listening to them today and like a term for meaning like this is disturbing is interpolation. Like they just make stuff up you know, LRH just made stuff up. Yeah. But I want to know, like, why do you stick around? Like, that's really why I'm interested in it. And, like, even from this, like, I didn't get that full essence of that. Like, that's what draws me into learning about cults and or religious groups in general. And I didn't get that. Yeah. And I, part of that I do think is by design. Like, if, like you said, if you talk, if you walk up to someone who's Hindu and you're like, hey, like what's what's this all about? Like they're more yeah. than happy to tell you everything. Yeah. And they're very, you know, they're passionate about it, something they believe in, even if you don't. When you make people disconnect from those that are not involved, right. You remove even if it's not under this idea of like missionary work because not every religion thinks that you should do that. Right. Go and convert, but you at least can speak to what you're doing. Yeah they almost like shut that whole idea down and one, don't want you to know. Right. But two, I think you're right. It's, it's, it's maybe what they think is the intriguing part of it is people do kind of want to know. Like, don't you, if you pass by a Scientology building, wouldn't you do like the slow roll and like, For just sure, like, check, I've done that and like, just <laughs> check it out a little bit more. Yeah. Like, but, I, like I'm not doing that by the Jewish synagogue. Like I'm not like, let's see what's well, going I on. I am. Cause I'm a nerd. You are a nerd. Yes. But you know what I mean? Like it has, yeah. it has that feel to it where right. it's like, I do want to know more. Yeah. I mean, I just think, I think it's really interesting and, um, I think it'd be interesting to like, but you, the thing is, is like, they're so secretive. Like it, you know, like I've done, I've done research, like on the ground research with religious groups and talked to people in different religious groups and been like, why do you believe in this? You know what I mean? Like I've literally asked people like, what's your testimony? Like, why do you believe in what you believe? And they have answers, but I don't feel like if I asked a Scientologist, even a current one, that they would have a fully realized answer other than, oh, it's just really amazing. Right. You know what I mean? Like they they're not going to be all like, emotional words. Yeah. It's, it's not like, Oh, you know, this transformed my life in X, Y, Z. I've had this, you know what I mean? Like, I, it's just very like, I feel better. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think that that would be interesting to look into, but, um, yeah, I think with, I don't know. I think with any group, you have to kind of tread lightly and make sure that you're looking at all perspectives yeah, you got to give it um, space, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's really easy to hear that creation story and just like absolutely throw everything out. Right, but it's like exactly. But I do want to say like lots of creation stories are very uh non illogical, basically. Yeah, for you know, sure. like like there's a reason why it's called faith. Yeah. You know, but I think the difference is is like, you know, at least at like my church, you ask them, "Hey, what's that? Why do you do that? We'll say, this is exactly why we do yeah. this, you know, versus, oh no, you have to pay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a little different, but I think it's just really interesting. Um, 
to kind of think about like my, my role kind of as an outsider looking in and like, how does, how do my own judgments and biases come into play here? And am I fully considering every side, you know, always. And even as you say that, like, I'm wondering, is this what people think about the Christian creation story. For sure, 100%. They do. They're like, Atheists wait, do. that doesn't make any sense. Why would right. the snake be able to talk? You, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. is that so far from hydrogen bombs being dropped no, into not. the volcano? Like, who's to say, like, well, that sounds stupid, but this one makes perfect but sense. But I think the difference is that between you and me, as people who both identify as Christians, we're willing to say, yeah, it's a weird story. Yeah. Like, does it fully make logical sense with what we know today? Nope. But we also will tell it to you straight out from the gate. Exactly. Not listen. That's in a three years, I'll tell you exactly how the earth was created <laughs> for one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Bro, the story is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that there is a difference there. But sure. I also do think it's important to um, kind of listen to ex members because I think that their their points are valid too. And like, but and I think that. Unfortunately, Scientology kind of digs themselves in this hole because they're not open about it. So really, all we have, it's all we have. Yeah, we only have the right. X members, and the stuff that they do promote is like what we saw. It is. It's, it's so far the weird, other way. Weird, cheesy. Hey, everybody. I know. You know what I mean? But it's, that's with all the groups that we've talked about this year. Like, I I do try, especially as someone who who reads histories of things like. Everybody has a side. Right. And these people are ex-members for a reason. It doesn't matter what group we're talking about. And they got burned. And right. they're probably pissed about it. And we're, you know, fallible people who make mistakes and who are going to try and get our point across too. And so it's rough. But like you said, if you don't come out with, wait a minute, I know that's this person's experience, but here's actually what's happening. Right. We're only left to either go with that. Right. Or assume even worse. Well, and that's kind of where I feel with them. It's like, you know what? Like I'm, if I had to choose a side, I'm going to choose the ex members because right. we're talking 15, 20 years. Yeah, they're not just randos who were right. there for five seconds, right? you know, and they're talking about a lot of stuff. And so, and, and Scientology isn't like coming in a really, um, kind of legitimate, tangible way. You know, like when they were talking about when they had Anderson Cooper with those oh, three women gosh. and they all said the same exact thing yeah. and it was creepy. Like, yeah. like it felt you're, very, you're like, making yourself look weird, yeah. whether that's what's happening or not. I know every inch of his body. Yeah. You know, it was odd. So, but yeah. it was good. I, I, I liked it. You liked it. I, I, I just, I like getting the visual yeah. stuff after. So I think, so this would is you a, still rate it the same? I don't remember. Well, I'll tell you after, but you give me a rating. Oh, I would. It's way worse. I'll tell you what did it for me. Well, a couple things did it for me. Number one was the living conditions in the hole. Yeah. Uh, Which number, we didn't really talk a whole no, lot about. No. Number two was um, him stealing his own kid and going <laughs> to a different country. And number three is Tom Cruise in the tur <laughs> in the turtleneck interview. Uh which I now need to go YouTube because yeah. it just creeped me out. Yeah. So those three things, I'm, I'm going to take it up higher. I'm going to say it's now an eight. Okay. It was a seven. Okay. It's definitely a full point jump. Okay. Because it was a lot. Yeah. But listen, overall, I am way more educated than I was at the beginning of 2021. I'm so happy for you. And, and I had a good time. Me too. And we hope you guys had a good time learning and listening with us. Um, and let us know on Instagram at the.cult.ure if there's any cults that you really want to hear about. We'd love to cover those for you. And yeah, we just want to shout you guys out. You've been such great supporters over this past year. I mean, a lot of you are our friends, but some of you aren't. And that's super cool because you're choosing to listen to us without any, you know, prodding. I mean, it, it's been, it has been really fun. Yeah. And I mean, hopefully like... It just sparks conversation and, yeah. you know, just w knowing that people are at least getting, you know, like friends will listen to two episodes and you're like, man, <laughs> this is not for me. And then they'll quit. Yeah, but yeah. people are sticking around. Yeah. So as long as they're going to stick around, like we'll stick around. Yeah. There's we, so many more groups to cover. Oh, we have got a lot coming in 2022, people. 
So stay tuned and we wish you a happy holidays. All of the holidays. Inclusive holidays. And a happy new year. And a happy new year. We will be back in 2022. See you guys. Don't drink the Kool-Aid.